Hey, game friends, GM John here. Holiday Havoc, Here Comes Santa's Claus, is a raucous and weird interdimensional romp and may contain some concepts, language, and scenes that are confusing, disturbing, or offensive to some listeners. With that in mind, listener discretion is advised. If you haven't listened to our first Holiday Havoc special, Hostage for the Holidays, we'd recommend you go listen to that first, as this series is a direct continuation of the story and includes characters and references you won't understand otherwise. You can find the whole series wherever you're listening to this episode. The Holiday Havoc series uses the Palladium Megaversal role-playing system and the Heroes Unlimited 2nd Edition book, as well as other Palladium books products. If you'd like to find out more about Palladium's megaverse of exciting and genre-bending role-playing games, you can find more at www.palladiumbooks.com or find their products wherever fine tabletop role-playing games are sold. With that said, buckle up and enjoy the show-ho-ho! The night prior to the final day of the Dehinja Jacare tournament is madness out on the streets, and the Kidian guards and the other Plonkrit security forces are barely holding things together at this point. The area around where your particular residence is located at, in addition to Kill Cruise 20XX, have been mobbed with fans for the last couple of hours. How late in the day is it? It's pretty late at night at this point. The Earth equivalent would be like between 12 and 1 o'clock in the morning. Now, the final tournament match does not start until the equivalent of 2 p.m. in the afternoon the next day. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance beforehand. Can I invite Hill Cruise 20XX to join us for like lunch or brunch or whatever would be appropriate before the competition begins? You have Parplon send the message over to their translator. And within minutes, there's a rapping on the front door. All right, I go to answer the door. You throw the door open, and in a bright teal woolen outfit that's just completely matching from head to toe is your best friend and mine, Melody Hoodwing. And she says, well, hello there, Santa Santana. How are you doing, my dear best friend? And I, of course, am your best friend. Does she have her champions with her? She does not. She just speaks up immediately. She's I just wanted to come over and confirm that we can be on for brunch tomorrow before the big event. Oh, that's fantastic. We look forward to meeting with you. Will you be bringing your champions with you? Oh, of course, of course. Well, I mean, I believe they're going to be coming. I'm pretty certain they will. Champions, am I right? (laughs) They're always a little mercurial. That's what comes with having a fighting spirit. Well, we look forward to meeting with you, and I can't wait. I relish the chance to have this opportunity. Ta-ta for now. Ta-ta. And she and her cameraman go walking out of the area. Once they're out of the area, I think I'm going to try and bring Martina into the room where we get privacy. Much to the disappointment of your very thrilled legion of fans who all cheered when they saw you speaking to her. (laughs) 
on the way, I'm going to just say how nice it'll be to have brunch with friends. Once we're in the room, I think I'm going to say, if the champions don't come to breakfast, you'll need to try and track them down. I think we need to try and make the same deal with them that we did with the orcs. Just keep it to the competition. Whatever the rules are, we're not going to compete in something where we have to kill them or kill other people. So there's no real reason for them to attack us since they're pretty good at everything. And we have not been that great at anything. So other than skateboarding. so (laughs) Yeah, I can do that. Hopefully she'll bring them and. I don't want to speak in front of her. So if she can bring them. (laughs) Why not? Her and her cameraman. Right. If she brings them, I can get them off to the side just to come get me afterwards because I actually don't want to give her that much information. I'll give her an exclusive. Okay. No one knows what happened to me after I got kidnapped. So you're going to share not the whole story. It's a very long story. So as long as you don't take too long, I don't think we'll actually get into anything that interesting. I can stall. I used to be a live streamer. (laughs) (laughs) I can fill up the minutes with nothing if I need to. I also want to tell the doc and Cormie, thank you for their help on the car. So I guess we'll go back out into the public area since I don't care if other people hear it. But I tell them that if they hadn't helped fix up the sleigh, I think we would have gotten shot up by arrows or attacked by a bunch of sea creatures. So they're already tending to the one pooch that took a substantive hit during it. For their part, doc looks up at you and says, you know, in retrospect, maybe doing the lube cannon was a little bit of overkill, if we're being honest. It didn't seem to work that well, but we'll come up with different ideas for next time. Doc, I don't think it was the cannon. I think it's that I don't ever think to shoot people. So maybe it was more operator error than it was actual error in the hardware that you set up. Well, well, I appreciate that. And yeah, then she thanks Cormy for her help with the armor and everything. Oh, thank you. And then I think she'll chat a bit with Martina about what a shame it is that going into tomorrow's competition, they're going to be handicapped the way they are. It's a real shame that they're not going to get a chance to be up against somebody at their full strength. Do we have any idea what the fourth event is? You do not. It is typically announced on the day of the event as the event is starting what the parameters will be. I'd like to ask Parplon, does the fourth event differ a lot from what we've been through already and the types of events we've seen? No, not significantly. It is just more exciting, typically. How do they make it more exciting? Usually there are higher stakes to the tournament event that takes place on the fourth day. I do hope the corporation's aware if the higher stakes are people's lives, we wouldn't be able to compete in that. I will be certain to make the corporation aware of that. Or animals. Well, let's just say if lives are in the balance, it would be too high of stakes for us to want to compete at for entertainment purposes. I don't want them taking my dogs. (laughs) No. (laughs) No gifts for anybody here ever again. (laughs) I take hospitality with me when I leave. (laughs) But I guess we'll chit chat about other stuff. It is one in the morning. Bed is a good idea, too. Yeah, let's go to bed so we're well rested because we got breakfast and brunch and then competition. Santana's really regretting that her way to bond with people is to eat with them after the eating competition. (laughs) (laughs) In the morning, you are the first person to hear this, Martina, as there is a very sharp rapping on the door. You wouldn't call it loud per se, but it's very insistent. Do I hear it too? You do not hear it. It is faint enough from where you're located at that you're still asleep knowing you. Yeah, Santana's a pretty deep sleeper. (laughs) 
I'm like, it's just knocking on the door, so I'm probably safe to open it. But part of me is like, should I wake people up first? And it sounds like the door to the Starbucks not sponsored unionize itself. I'm going to give Santana a little push on the shoulder and say, hey, wake up. Someone's at the door. So be awake in case. I'll wake up and go with you. I'm not going to leave you on your own. What if it's another dog? As the two of you go through the door, you can see sitting at one of the booths inside of the eating area is Baba Yaga. Oh. And she looks very impatient. You can see her wrapping her finger on the table and she says, hey, finally you are awake. Yes. Hi. I apologize for the wait. And I give her a little kind of one of those nods that's not like a bow, but is deferential anyway. May we offer you some coffee or sweets? She looks around the place pretty condescendingly, and she's like, I don't drink from here. That's probably a good idea. (laughs) I don't know where it comes from. I only have a short amount of time, so I tell you, you get your circles. Your lawyers, they are very persistent. They contact us. They threaten to drown us in paperwork. So we finally say, yes, you get to your circles. Excellent. Will they be brought here, or will we be sent to them? She gestures back to your bedroom, And you can see it's been replaced with literally the circles from the North Pole. There's no beds in there anymore. This is the last day. Santana gives her a nod and says, we thank the corporation for their generosity and willing to honor the spirit of competition. We look forward to the fourth match today. She cackles for a couple of moments. She says, should, yes, that is what it is. And she hops down off of the seat and makes just the littlest walking movements as she shuffles out of the place. Once she's out, I'm going to be like, we just met the Baba Yaga. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, that's so cool. And she didn't curse me. This is the best. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason I let you do the talking (laughs) because I did not want to be cursed by Baba Yaga. Not that I want you to be cursed by Baba Yaga, but I figured you were less likely to be. I was hoping, but I also was very afraid. Let's go into the room and shut the door. <laughs> yeah, okay, as you shut um, the door, your personal effects have been pushed to the edges of the room. And you can see both the oaken circles sitting next to one another, predominating most of the room. I can't believe the gnomes were able to pull this off. Doc, you have to tell the gnomes thank you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to get taken to court by them, that's for certain. So the circles are big wooden circles, right? And one of them has holly berries on it. And one of them has a wreath of leaves on it. Yeah, oak leaves. Okay, yeah. So I'm going to explain to Martina that the ceremony is I stand on the one with the oak leaves. And then you stand on the one with the holly leaves. And if you do it and you want to be the claws, you will become the claws. There's one thing I forgot to mention. There will be a bit of a power imbalance I didn't think to mention it because you haven't tried to hurt me. But once you become the claws, you couldn't try and actively hurt me anymore. You couldn't like get mad and punch me in the face. I would be able to do it to you, but you would never be able to do it to me. I am not worried about that at all. With that being said, you always can walk away from being the claws, at which point I think you could just do it then. (laughs) Then I could punch you. Beat the piss out of you if she wanted to. (laughs) Yeah. Slap you you around. still turn into a plasma person, so <laughs> <laughs> I am still not. So there is that. And of course, after this tournament, if it's not something that you want to be, we can reverse it. You don't have to be. So do you want to be the Claws of Winter? Yes. And not just for today. I think Santana will give you like a blinding grin and step onto the oak circle. And I'll step onto the holly one. As the two of you step onto the circles... Your circle flares Santana with a gold energy 
as the holly circle flares with a silver energy. And it's so bright and blaring that it subsumes both of you for a moment. And when the light flash is gone, everything is back to normal. Should I feel different? Because I don't feel different. I don't know how different you'll feel. The last clause was very different, but he was also very hopped up on a whole lot of holiday cheer at the time. <laughs> so holiday cheer is alcohol for clause? No, uh, it was injected directly into his heart. I don't know exactly what it did to him, but it did a lot. As soon as it wore off, he was back to normal again. Okay. It's more of like an essence that just makes you really, really, really like filled with holiday cheer. It also can bring you back from the brink of death. So <laughs> good to know. Do you have some of that just in case today? I turned to look at the dock because I think he, he used it all up on a railgun. Yeah, we've been building it back up. I mean, people are starting to get excited for the holidays, so it's been helping fuel it. But unfortunately, we didn't bring the reservoir with us. I guess that's one small benefit of capitalism is the holiday cheer starts earlier and earlier every year. We'll just make sure no one gets near the brink of death. Exactly. Is Martina enhanced like Railgun got enhanced? Martina, it takes you a few moments, but you notice that you're hearing far further than you had been previously. It feels like a bit of a more subtle change, but you realize you can hear half again as far as you did previously. And two other senses are affected by this transformation as well, because Martina, for the first time in a long time, you can smell everything in the room. It probably smells like a Christmas store. Oh my gosh. Do you smell that? She just like sit there sniffing for a minute. <laughs> I mean, the air freshener doesn't get quite the pine smell, but it's close. Wait, you couldn't taste before. Could you not smell? No, I can smell again. Can I taste again? She's going to run into the kitchen and grab something from <laughs> the Starbucks food. Yeah, you grab some crepes and they are delicious. Oh, <laughs> holiday miracle. Let's just say I am never going to give up being the claws because if I didn't already believe in you and everything and think you're a good person... The ability to taste food again. <sighs> this is the best day of my life. Santana is overjoyed at the thought that Martina gets something else from being the claws that isn't just combat oriented. So yeah, your everything should be a little bit better now. It's amazing. My champion. <laughs> my claws. <laughs> She's so excited. So yeah, I guess they better get to breakfast though, right? Is it that time? It's still a little early. You guys got interrupted in your sleeping fairly early in the morning. Enough time for me to get my PPE back? Yeah, you would have regained it over the course of the evening anyway. Okay, cool. Yeah. Do you want to try, like, going plasma? Yeah. She'll kind of move to the middle of the room. As you move to the middle of the room and engage your plasma state, there is a massive blinding flash of pinkish green light. As your form explodes outward for just a moment, washing over everything in the room harmlessly. And as you reform, you have a long, slender pair of wings protruding from your back as you hover in midair in a perfectly angelic-looking form. And I do mean angelic as in having several eyes scattered across your body and some strange loops going around you, but you're mostly normal angel-looking. Martina, you are so glorious. You are what? colors have shifted to a pinkish green color, much like the Aurora Borealis. And everything's enhanced. 
all of your SDC increases by 50%, as does the range of your powers. I'm like the anti-claws with the Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool. She's going to like spend a minute kind of like twisting around, just looking at her wings and be like, wait, what? Can I get a mirror? Is there a mirror around? Oh yeah, there's mirrors in here that you can take a look at yourself in. She's going to go run and grab a mirror and then bring it back so you can see yourself. And you realize something else. You reach out almost reflexively for the mirror and take it in your hands without harming it. Does this mean I'll only burn things when I want to or need to? Correct. Here, I grab a napkin and, and hold it out. I'm like, try and burn this. And I drop it for you. Oh, it burns <laughs> up immediately when you drop it on her. Oh my gosh, I have control. I want to touch you. Give me your hand, carefully, just in case. You can't hurt me. I think if you would have hurt me in your plasma form, you'd just go back to normal. Santana's going to just reach out and grab her hand. It feels remarkably cool to the touch. Oh, Martina, this is so great. She's going to hug you. (laughs) Yep, not a hair on Santana's little head is harmed as she gives you a big old hug. Gosh, you're like a miracle Santa. (laughs) It was the holiday spirit. It wasn't me, but I am so happy for you. I think when Santana pulls away, she's like wiping away tears because to be able to touch people in your form, to be able to smell things and taste things again, all of that at once, that's a lot. And she's very, very happy. Huge. So yeah, is there anything else we should test with your powers? I don't know. Are my bolts going to be different? Try and shoot that napkin holder. I do just a tiny bolt. Corplant's like, you know there's a training ground, right? (laughs) The bolt itself, it looks a little thinner and finer as you fire it off, and you core a hole right through the center of the napkin holder. There's just a clean hole blasted right into it. That's so cool. One thing you do end up realizing is you feel a lot stronger. Santana looks around for something heavy. Can you pick up that fridge over there? Could you before? I don't know how much does a fridge weigh. (laughs) I don't know how much any Starbucks equipment weighs. (laughs) She points at heavy thing. Does that look heavy enough? (laughs) Average weight of 250. So she would have previously been able to lift a fridge. As you reach over and put a hand on the fridge, you realize you can tilt it with one hand and just kind of shift it back and forth. And you can actually hike it up onto your shoulder with one hand as well. No, that's different. That's so cool. Santana is strongly resisting the urge to go around and point at different things for you to pick up. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing because, oh gosh, I'm going to look so different. How are they going to react? I mean, we're televised right now. Oh gosh, good point. (laughs) But like that definitely puts the great case into perspective, right? I was right at how much they handicapped us. I'm just glad they decided to not anymore. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So I guess we kind of spend the time like having her shoot holes through things, just playing around with her powers and then checking on the dogs. How's the injured dog? The injured dog has been tended to and is doing much, much better from the wound that they had suffered previously when they got hit by machine gun fire. Good. I'm really hoping we don't have to use them today. Now, the one problem is you find that you cannot use any of your other powers, save for your ability to hear better, when you are not in this form. Okay, so like night stalking, I can't do anymore. You would have to transform into this form to get the benefit of it. Okay. Now, there's no limit on how long you can maintain this form. 
that a good trade-off? Your base PB will be 26, and you have a plus 20 to your physical strength in this form as well. Wow. Would it be a little vain to just stay angelic-looking all the time? Just just curious. I think it would, but you might not enjoy eating as much. (laughs) You can. I'm not going to stop you. I have a beard because I can. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can. I like it. Yeah, I was really upset when I thought I had to, but once I didn't have to, like, why not? So is it around breakfast time now? It is at this point around breakfast time. I'll go ahead and look human again. Can Parplon let us know if the champions are going with the representative to the breakfast to meet us or if it's just the representative? Parplon types some information into the little pad that they have with them. And eventually they're like, it appears that both champions are currently in their lodgings. Whereas Representative Melody Hoodwink is currently, and then you hear knock, knock, knock on the front door. Okay, you go with her. I'm going to jump back in the bedroom, tell her I'm still in the bathroom or something, and I'll come meet you guys after. Okay, excellent. Okay, I'm going to open the door and be like, Melanie, how good to see you. Santana, my dearest friend, and everyone else's dearest friend, just like I'm your dearest friend. Absolutely. Are you ready for breakfast? I am more than ready. And where is that lovely champion of yours? Off doing champion things, but let's get going. I know. I've been trying to track mine down and even the translator can't find out where they are. Goodness. I mean, what are you going to do? At least they'll show up for the tournament, right? Oh, they better. Otherwise, there's going to be heck to pay. Well, they seem like strong competitors, but let's get going. And she's going to kind of guide her away. The two of you head off to head towards wherever it is that you're going to go eat at. And I don't think we'll bring Parplon so that hopefully Parplon can help you get to them. I'm going to ask Parplon to show me where El Scorcho and Bonnie White are. Certainly. It appears they're in their lodgings. And there he pulls up a little map of the representative and champion living areas. And they're about four places down from where you're located at. I'm going to go say hi. Would you like me to accompany you? Yes, please. Certainly. As you start heading past the different areas, you see that a couple of the areas have already gone. Some of the groups that have been eliminated early and they have left no longer have their lodgings there. They've all kind of folded in on themselves to be made shorter. When you get to the Kill Cruise 20XX building, from the exterior of it, it looks very much like an old mechanics shop. And you notice that the front door is open. I'm going to kind of knock on the door frame. No answer. The door swings open a little bit further, and it looks like the front office of mechanic's shop. You can hear a woman yelling from inside. Yelling what? You hear it even before you come in the door. Something about how he's getting in the way of the revolution. Oh. Parplan, do you know who's in there? Is it just the two champions? That's my understanding. I'm going to go in, even though it might be rude. I'm going to go in and I'm going to be like, hello, hi, anyone here? As you go in, you can see past the office and what looks like a restroom. There's the housing areas for the representative and the champions. Bonnie is standing and holding a gun towards El Scorcho, who is not wearing his suit and only has his mask on currently. Otherwise, he's just got some underwear on. And he is, in fact, just a normal human man under that outfit. And she says, I'm not going to let you stop our plans. Can I just quick plasma transformation and bolt and shoot the gun? 
Ooh, go ahead. You're going to have a minus four on the regular shot that you would need to make that hit. I love that the person who hasn't watched the movies is the one who's dealing with the situation. Ten total. Okay, unfortunately, that's not enough. But as she's cocking the pistol's hammer back and he's just sitting there staring at her, your bolt flies wide past her and alarms her. And as she turns around to see what's going on, he hops forwards and just punches her right in the face. And she goes down. He gives you the wait a second sign with his index finger as he holds it up in front of you. And then he reaches back and pops the mask that he's wearing off. And it's just a normal looking man's face under there as well. She looks shocked and he says, if you really want a revolution, follow me and I'm going to give one to you. And then they start making out. You came into the climax of their movie. Yeah. (laughs) What is going on? Their translator is just sitting in a corner of the mechanics shop when you look back and just reading a document, pretending like they're not there. Yeah, he's probably seen so much human fornication that it's nothing to him now. It's just what people do when the door's shut. (laughs) Yeah, you watch Parplon slips in and puts a hand on their shoulder and just motions for them to leave. (laughs) Guys, could you put that on hold? Just like 10 minutes? They slam the door shut. Okay, bye. I'm going to go to brunch. (laughs) Okay. You ask some of the Kidian guards outside where they had gone to, and there's a little eating nook that overlooks the rest of the champion and residence housing up above it. And you two are currently eating up there, and she says, So Santana, tell me about how exciting it is to be the Santa Claus. It is incredible. Probably the greatest honor that a person could have. There's a lot of new places I get to go. There's a lot of things I get to see. It's been really fantastic. I'm so thrilled for you. And I have to say, our time here at the tournament has just been wonderful. I'd really love to thank all the organizers for taking such good, good care of their dear personal friends. The corporation and I have butted heads a few times, I think. But in the end, I'm glad to see that they were able to come around. It's fantastic to know that your champions will be able to face my true champion. She looks a little startled when you say that. She's like, what do you mean? As my good, dear personal friend, I know we've already discussed how my champion is not just a title only or just a person who's capable of being it, but there's a bit of a ritual that goes along with it to truly give them their role. Think of like how sons of a royal person are not kings until they go through a coronation. I see. And well, there's your champion right now. Santana turns and lights up and waves. (laughs) (laughs) She's so happy you're here. She says, of course, viewers, this is your good personal friend and mine, Martina Valentine. Hi. Hi, Martina. Martina. How are you doing today? I'm so sorry I slipped away for you for breakfast. I know you must be so upset. We can go back if you need me to. I understand. If you're done, I do have some final things I need to discuss with you before our tournament. Santana's going to turn to her and be like, oh, Melody, I apologize, but you know how it is when champions need your attention. She looks a little crossed, although she's doing a very good job of trying to hide it while her camera person is right next to her face filming it. You can see he's got an almost gleeful smile on his face as he's doing so. Well, of course, 
everybody, why don't we all say goodbye to your personal friends and mine, Santana and Martina? And she gives you a very limp, fishy handshake as you're going. Awesome. And then I head away and I'm like, so how'd it go? I have no idea what I just witnessed. They were fighting with each other and then they were making out. So I didn't get a chance to talk to them. What were they fighting over? She's going to kind of look around, even though we have no idea where the cameras are around them. You want to wait till we're back at the room? Yeah. Okay. We head back to the room. It doesn't take that long. It's literally a terrace up above where your places are, like a baby 10 feet higher than where your rooftops are. So you just clamber back down and head back to the room. You've just disappointed a lot of viewers, though, because you left a big <laughs> juicy nugget out there and then are like, let's go talk about it somewhere people can hear. <laughs> yeah. So once we're actually in the room, I'm going to tell you that she was threatening him with a gun and yelling about the revolution. And then he took off his mask and he's just a human. And then they started kissing and I left. Was him being not human part of the revolution or? I have no idea. Is he a part of it? He said something about if you want to see a revolution and then he took off his mask. When they stop having sex or making out or whatever it is they're doing. Could the interpreter speak to them specifically and parlay that we wish to fight on the terms of whatever the challenge is only so they can return to their revolution? As you're saying that to Parplon, you realize that Parplon has actually brought another Rulian in with them. Hi, who are you? I'm Santana. I'm the Santa. And I shake their hand. They give you a very tentative handshake. They look virtually identical to Parplon, except their conical head is slightly higher than theirs. And they say... My name is Uwe. This has been a very disheartening tournament. Those people are insane. I apologize for what you've had to go through. I'm guessing you're the translator for Kill Cruise? They're very happy to be in a place they know they're not being listened to as well as they come into the room and they say, The woman, she continues to try and interview me constantly, over and over again about everything. The other woman, she is not so bad. The man is very strange, though. I would say broody. Santana is going to be like, I guess, before the competition, if you could just relay that to them, hopefully it'll all be over soon and then you won't have to deal with the interviewing. But tell her no comment. That's usually how you can get around it. I will do so. Thank you for your advice. And I will relay the message that you had wished to be relayed to them once they are done. (laughs) Copulating. Yeah, you can hang out here anytime that's going on if you want. It is appreciated. I don't want you to tell me if you feel uncomfortable telling me, but do you know what revolution they're talking about? I have heard the other human woman, the younger one, speaking into some sort of device about a revolution and that there are plans in place, but I do not understand the full context. So it's a revolution on their planet? It appears to be so, correct. And Parplon puts a hand on their shoulder again and says, they're there, everything will be fine. There is nothing to be concerned about. Is there anything we can do to help you, Uwe? Like coffee, something else that you can get at a Starbucks, which we are not sponsored by? Unionize. <laughs> no, I will recover in time. Okay. Unless her bag gets heavier, she's not really, to give him a gift, she's not going to have much more to offer right now. Your bag does get heavier. Oh, I pull out what's inside. Yeah, it's the equivalent of Rohypnol, but for a Rulian translator. It's in a box, though, right? It's actually just in a little bottle that's got a little ribbon around it. Okay. Says to Uwe from Santa. 
Correct. In a language that you don't understand, save for a moment when you glance in it, it seems to translate for a second in your vision. I hand it out to Ui and I'm like, here, happy holidays. Ui looks gleeful and immediately pops two of them in their mouth. Oh, I hope those were okay drugs. I look at Parplon. Parplon gives you a bit of a nervous look, but it's not a really heavily concerned one. It's one where they're not sure where their friend is going to end up today. I think she's going to be like, okay, we maybe we should let Parplon hold those for a little while. And she's going to try and move them over to Parplon's hands. It takes, <laughs> you and Parplon both have to pry them out of their hands. Yeah, okay, yeah. But Parplon will take care of those for you. Yeah, you can see Parplon tucking them away in their robes. Holiday spirit works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Martina, is there anything you wanted to do? Can either of you speak to the nature of the boon, at least as far as scope? Uwe is the one that speaks up at this point, because Uwe seems to have run out of fucks to give for the day, and says, it's always grand. It's always something that people really, really want. Whatever the champions and the representatives' wishes are, usually to a limited extent. Okay. Is it always what the people want, in that it's always what the viewers want? Not necessarily, but sometimes that makes for very good programming. Okay. Usually, the judges are more amenable with that. Although, at the end of the day, you typically only have to convince two out of three of the judges. Good to know. Yeah. How does that work? Is it us? Would Parplon be able to come with us to negotiate the boon? I assume if you requested them to do so, then yes. Good. So I guess we're just kind of waiting for the next event. Unless we see, I guess, kill crews come out or they have a response for us. There's a single bang on the door and it's right at the end of the conversation that you're having. I open it. You open it and there's nobody there, but there's a note that's been taped to the door. What's it say? It says, we've got our own plan. I don't know what that means since the only thing we were asking them to do is not attack us. So... Well, we did wish them luck in their current endeavor. Maybe they're saying they don't want any assistance. Not that we were offering, but maybe they misunderstood. Yeah, we'll have Parplon just tell them good luck in the revolution. Yeah, Parplon seems uneager to do so as their friend gradually falls asleep. I'm like, do it to the girl. Send her the message. The champion girl. Eventually, after a while, EU falls asleep at one of the tables inside the Starbucks. I think I'll, like, put a pillow under his head and a blanket around his shoulders, you know. Yeah, and then Parplon leaves to convey the message. Eventually, however, you see a staticky image surround the door as it flings itself open. And you know, especially with the hubbub of fans that you can see outside just mobbing against the force field, almost all of them wearing your merchandise, including some that says, give them the circles. Although now it's a little relevant. Nice. Yeah, the people that got stuck buying a bunch of those trying to sell them beforehand are really mad now that the circles have been given and it's no longer relevant. I would argue they're the ones that caused it to happen. They should feel very good about themselves. <laughs> very proud and pretend they'd always worn one since before we got the circles. <laughs> yeah, you were always on the side in support of right. So it's time to start? It is time to start. All right. I look to Martina and I go, you ready for this? Let's get it over with. And we head through. As you head through, both of you are now currently standing on the circle right near one of the portal machines in the midst of the arena. And this place is fuller than you've ever seen it. 
if it was a million beforehand, you'd guess there's probably two million now because there's not a single seat in the house at this point. The roar and din of the crowd is almost completely deafening, so much so that you have to be given little ear pierces for you to hear what the actual challenges are going to be as you see the glyphs spiraling in the air that are starting to dictate it. The challenge is going to be physical, social, mental, variety. One of those or all of them? All of them. Okay. The environment, the moon, earth, stipulations, combat allowed. Time limit. What is the time limit? It's given as three Terran hours. What's the task? The three tasks that the competitors have to face, representatives and champions alike, are going to be locate their vehicle on the lunar surface. Wait, my dogs aren't going to die because they can't live on the moon, right? They're not going to answer you just talking while you're in the middle of the circle. I'm sending that to Parplon immediately. Parplon is making hurried notes in the little device that he carries. My dogs will be dead if they just put them on the moon. It doesn't matter how quickly they retrieve them. (laughs) You also have to speak with one of the moon's inhabitants and hold a conversation with them for at least two minutes. And you must locate the entirety of the logo for Plonkrith Entertainment Productions Incorporated LLC that's been scattered around the areas demarcated on your maps and assemble them properly. The first to complete these three challenges will be the winner of the Dinja Hakir. How are we expected to locate our vehicles? Are we just being plopped on the moon and they're somewhere on the moon? Or are those also on the map? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that doesn't really get explained to you before you are thrust through the portal. Everything goes black for just a moment. And then as the two of you rematerialize on the lunar surface, you realize you're both in classic NASA-style spacesuits. Oh, no. These things are delicate, aren't they? It better not be. Are you okay in space as plasma? I've never had a chance to find out. Well, then I don't want to test it on you. We have to. We don't. Not if it means you die. Because that's if you can't, you're just dead. Like, again, if my dogs wouldn't exist being put on the moon and then immediately retrieved, you won't. She doesn't need air, right? When she's plasma? Correct. So in theory, I should be fine. Would I, with my science background, biology... Do you have physics? I do not. Or would the people that made her that way have ever spoken about it in even theory? There might have been some conjecture, but they wouldn't have been certain. Basically, I'm wondering if I just boom to plasma and then boom right back into my suit, will I automatically die? Are you going to try it? Once you boom, you can't unboom because your suit won't go with you, right? My clothes just kind of stay with me, but they're transformed to plasma too. So when I turn back, I'll still have my suit. In theory, there's no risk. I'm going to do it. As you transform into a radiant, luminescent, angelic figure in the midst of the field, you can see all three of the competitors from the other side off in the distance pointing up and looking at you. You transform back a few seconds later and you're back into a hard suit. You're okay? I'm fine. Okay. Okay. Can you find our sleigh? As the two of you are looking around, the only things that you see in this general area are cats. And all the ones nearby you leap up in panic as there's a strange motion over from where the competitors are. You see one of the competitors just fall over. Which one? Can we tell who? Yeah. 
Well, it's the smallest of the three of them. So you believe it's Melody Hoodwink. They might be revolutioning. <laughs> you can hear the very, very muffled thump, despite the virtual lack of any kind of atmosphere on this moon, of a single gunshot. Okay, hopefully they don't aim at us. The cats, they're all over. Can I feel them? You can feel them. You speak to beasts, right? Yeah, but first, I just want to see, can I pull out a gift for the cats from my bag, like catnip or kitty food? You reach into the bag and you do not pull out catnip. In fact, you pull out something strange. What? Well, especially with the weightlessness of the moon, it's your staff, but it's got a little bow around it and a tag on there. And it's much heavier than your normal staff. Who's it for? You and Martina both. I hand it over to Martina? Yeah, Martina, especially since you can handle things without burning them now when you choose, you can just easily take it in hand and not burn it. And you notice the tag on there has a from name as well. Who's it from? from? Two-Faced. Who's that? I don't know. Do you think there's any chance that the cats are the moon inhabitants? Maybe. I'm going to call to the kitties then. I'll set the staff down since it doesn't seem like it's going to help me right now. And then start calling to the kitties. Here. As you start calling, they hesitate for a moment. And then a few of them start wandering slowly over towards you. But these are very lackadaisical kitters. I'll wait for them to come over and start scratching them and start talking to them. Can you keep a timer for two minutes? If we're supposed to hold a conversation, I guess just see if they answer you back. I believe it was speak with one of the moon's inhabitants. It doesn't say to get spoken to. Well, it said hold two minute conversation. Conversation's two way. Okay. Yeah. Are they vocalizing at all? They're just meowing at this point. One of them comes up. It's a younger one, a little black hitter, and it moves close enough that you can scratch it with the fingers on your suit. I'm going to be like, hello, kitty. Do you want to have a chat with me? Oh, okay. Oh. As you're all having this conversation with this little kit, you can see in the distance that the Kill Cruise 2000 members are both coming towards where the two of you were at. You talk to the cat. I'll keep an eye on everything out here. I'm like, how long have you been on the moon, kitty cat? Oh, I don't know. A couple of minutes, maybe. I come and go, just like all the cats. That's incredible. Does anyone else live here? There's things under the ground sometimes that try and get us, but they usually stick to the bright side. We don't like to go over there much because it's easier to jump from here. Well, that makes sense. I'm going to just keep chatting with the cat, introduce myself, ask if there's any cool things on the moon that they like seeing and why they like to hang out. Just kind of keep the conversation going for two minutes. Ask her if they've seen the vehicle, seen the sleigh. Have you seen a sleigh with a bunch of dogs? She gets a little upset at this point. She says, oh, yeah, I saw them. They were somewhere to the north of here, stupid, stinky things. Are you a dog lover? And she starts sniffing towards you more and then turns away at the minute and 50 second mark of the conversation. I'm going to keep scratching. I'd be like, I'm here to get rid of the dogs. So if you can describe where they are, I'll make sure they never come back to the moon. She kicks her little back legs at your suit. Okay. Well, that's technically still part of the conversation. I'm like, uh, is there anything I can do to repay you guys for having the dogs on the moon? None of the cats around the area currently are deigning to say anything else to you. Like there's catnip, salmon, tuna, canned food. There's a lot of things you can bring for a cat. Give me a public speaking role to these cats. (laughs) Meanwhile, Martina, the two champions, co-champions of Kill Cruise 20XX come over to you. 
And you can see Bonnie move closer to you so you can hear her speak because her voice is a little muffled in the suit. Just wanted to let you know, looks like I'm the representative now. We just made a little bit of a change in business. And we're not really that concerned about any kind of a boon because we know exactly what we're going to do when we get back home. Okay. Well, congratulations on your new role. And I hope everything goes well with you when you get back home. Maybe ask if they'll help us with our boon because we really (laughs) want it. Yeah. We would really like the boon, but I don't know how you feel about teaming up. She says, well, El Scorcho over there wants his ride back first, but then we were going to just tool around and take our time. Okay. That's good enough for us. Sounds great. Well, enjoy it. You two really fought hard for it and you were better people than we were. And El Scorcho, his helmet still flaming on the inside of the hard suit that he's wearing outside of the suit, gives you a big thumbs up. Nice. (laughs) I got 46 out of 67 for my public speaking. You finally manage with talks of all this different kind of food to bribe some cats into coming and having a little bit more of a chat with you. There's a tortoise shell female, because I think that's the only ones that can be, that comes and starts wending between your legs. She says, oh, food? How much of this food? How much do you like? I like all the food. I'm going to ask if she's able to, can you only come to the moon or can you go other places too? Well... There's cats on Saturn, but they're kind of so-so. The Martian cats are the ones that we really stay away from, though. That's understandable. Do you get to go other places on Earth? Oh, well, sometimes we go into the dreamlands. Well, I can certainly try and get as much food as possible for you if you can tell me where you like to be on Earth. Mm. I'm kind of good at getting stuff and delivering it. And she starts reciting a list of places for you to make deliveries for cat food. Since I'm Santa, I always have a notepad and a pen in my bag because I keep lists. So I list out the places. Yeah, Santa has immediate list capability. Yeah, I ask her what her favorite foods are. That gathers many more of the cats around as they start shouting demands at you. I take down the ones I can and I say, if you can help me find the sleigh with the dogs, I can definitely give extra. And we can get the dogs removed. (laughs) They point the direction out for you, no sweat at this point, and a couple of the younger ones even agree to accompany you almost all the way. They just don't want to be around dogs. Have they also uh, seen any of the logos? They start pawing around, and they flip over a big chunk of lunar rock that you realize is actually a big, soft, squishy portion of the logo. Okay, I put it in my bag, which it's probably way too big to go in my bag, but I just shove it in because that's what my bag does. Say you're Santa. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to have to deliver a piano this year. Now, unfortunately, the trip for you takes you past the border where the dark side becomes the light side. I'll let the cats know. They don't have to come to the light side if it's dangerous for them. Oh, none of them. None of them bother going there. They don't like you that much. Yeah, well, and I wouldn't ask it of them, so it works out perfectly. (laughs) As you head towards the light side, it is immediately far hotter. Even through your suits, you can feel the heat difference. It is uncomfortable. Can I feel any of the ground dwellers they were talking about? Give me perception checks. At this point, since the cat said that it was kind of dangerous, I'm going to go ahead and be in my plasma angelic state now. Okay. Yeah, if you're yeah. flying, they won't be able to hear you as much, which might be helpful because it might be like a tremors thing. 
I could carry you and fly because I cannot burn you now while I fly. Yeah, let's do that because that's faster anyway. I got a 13, by the way, on my perception out of 57, I think. Okay. 52. Yeah, and your speed also in your plasma form has increased 50%. So... Nice. Ooh, good question. Do you carry me like a princess or like a fireman or like a, <laughs> a monkey on your back? Like a toddler under one arm? Yeah, this is actually thinking like to the side, like I put my arm kind of around your back and kind of at your armpit and like, okay, hold on. Like a toddler, like arms around the neck, legs around the waist <laughs> on your hip. <laughs> you can easily scoop her up at this point too, because again, in this form, you have a 38 PS. <laughs> Like that, me and my child (laughs) never speak to my toddler again. You could hurl her clear across the moon if you decided to at this point. Uh, Warn me before you do so I can make my affairs in order. (laughs) I I think that might count as harming you, so I don't know. (laughs) That would be harmful. (laughs) Only if you hit real hard. You would just kind of orbit for a while. (laughs) She's just like, I'm going to send you back to Earth crispy style. Oh, no. (laughs) I got a 13 out of 52 to sense the ground dwellers. You certainly feel a rumbling, even as she starts lifting you up into the air. And you can see a massive whitish colored worm come bursting out of the lunar soil and making it spray everywhere as it rises up towards the two of you. It looks like it's trying to come after you like a fish after a worm. Is it a beast? No, it is not a beast. It is some kind of weird worm monster, and it's super big. You'd say it's probably as big around as a literal barn, and you don't know how long it is, because most of it's still in the lunar soil. Oh, I guess I could have reduced myself down to tiny if that would have been easier to carry me with. You're fine. She could have technically held you just in the palm of her hand at that point, but... (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, no, carry me when I'm five foot eight, please. (laughs) I want to feel dainty. You, I'm <laughs> just saying that I don't get me. to do the voice this time. <laughs> I know. I haven't gotten small yet. <laughs> I don't really have anything. Yeah, I'm going to kind of fly at an angle, like up, but still heading north towards where the dogs are supposed to be. Oh, my God, my dogs. See if I can just fly away from this thing. Okay, go ahead and give me an initiative check at this point. Both of us? Yeah, both of you. 18. 12. That's all right. You're facing a real slow worm. You managed to get away from this thing if you're just going to move before it can even get close to you with how fast you are. Yeah, we don't want to fight it. We just want to get away from it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of humiliating, honestly, for me, because it's just such a slow worm. That's okay. (laughs) It's still scary. (laughs) Well, thanks. (laughs) I'm scared for my dogs. They can't fly without me. Do we see the sleigh? Eventually, you do manage to locate the sleigh. It's in a big lunar crater, but the dogs are down there just kind of chilling out. Cool. Did we see any of the pieces on our way? Let's see here. Go ahead and give me another perception check just because you were busy running away from a worm. Well, she was. (laughs) 49 out of 52. 26 out of 55. Oh, wow. You stop and take a whole lot of time as you're looking through to find the pieces on your way to the dogs. You find nine more pieces. How many are total? There's 11 pieces total, including one apostrophe. So we have one left. Yeah, we have one more. Okay, so let's go down to the sleigh and I'll start flying with them. 
They look so adorable, by the way. All your puppers inside of their little space suits. They have little NASA astronaut suits for dogs, like cartoons. Yeah, how else are they supposed to live out on the moon? They're not just going to put them out there to die. Oh my gosh, I love it. I pet all of them through their spacesuits, like pat their spacesuits, and then make sure that we're all hooked up and get the sleigh going so that we can get up into the sky. So I'll spend some points on levitate so that we can go up pretty high out of worm range. And I'm going to look around and see if there's any other inhabitants. Kind of keep an eye and ear open for anyone else in case the cats aren't the inhabitants. Yeah, once up, I'll start looking for pieces. As the two of you are up far in the air, you can actually see the El Scorcho car driving towards your position and flashing their lights and honking their horn. I'll head down that way. Yeah, we head towards them. As you bring the dogs and the sleigh down, they get out of the vehicle and they have a couple of pieces of their own. Do they have the one we're missing? As you look through it, they have the apostrophe. Oh, cool. Would you guys mind if we took this piece? El Scorcho leans out of the car's driver's side window. says, we honestly don't give a shit at this point. We just want to get out of here. Do I have a gift for them in return? Like for an exchange? You do have a gift for them, as a matter of fact. I'm going to pull it out of my bag and hand it over. You pull it out of the bag and hand it over, and Bonnie hands it to El Scorcho. He opens it up, and from what you can see, it looks like a car part. You're not really sure what portion of a car it is. Do either of you have mechanics? I have general repair and maintenance professional, but I don't think that's automobile related. That's not, no. That's my dolls. (laughs) I'm like, that doesn't go on a doll at all. No, I'm like, happy holidays. Yeah, I can drive a car. That's it. (laughs) I hope that helps. Are they happy with it? They seem very happy with it. El Scorcho doesn't really say anything, but Bonnie's pretty effusive about it. And the two of them start driving off. Yeah, I hold up the apostrophe. I'm like, fair trade. And uh, now we have all the pieces. So we're going to start assembling the logo. It's pretty easy to do so, honestly, considering how many times you've seen it plastered everywhere. This is more the formality at the end of things. And since you're not racing against everybody, you can try and take your time. Yeah, we do. As you get it assembled, there is a sudden flash of light up above you. It seems to be coming from somewhere between where you're at and the actual Earth. And you realize it's the portal. As you are immediately sucked back through, you are pulled back onto your circle and it is completely reflective. It has a mirror style sheen and there is chaos in the stands as panic is breaking out amongst people. You can see that one of the two portions of the portal machine has somehow malfunctioned. It looks like it's broken. Oh no, what's going on? Well, as you're looking around to try and ascertain what's going on, you can see the members of Kill Cruise 20XX plus their dead former representative in their circle. It does not have the same look as yours. And you see the security guards are already starting to converge on the field. But above you is Janice Hotchkiss floating in midair. And she dives down towards you as you start falling through the base of the circle beneath you. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs> are we still levitating? Even as you're levitating, you still end up falling through the surface. It's like you're transported through another portal, but this is different. This is like being soaked in cold water as you're passing through, and you realize that you're in some kind of weird warped reflection of the Dinja Haker Stadium. 
Are there people here too? There's a fair amount of people here. Many of them are wearing combat armor. And as you appear in the big fractured circle that resembles the arena that you had just been in previously with huge decayed stumps of what look like a portal machine and the entire black sky kind of starts to overwhelm you as you realize how dark it is, you know that you've got a lot of guns trained on you right now. These folks in the power armor are carrying what look like maybe laser rifles or some other kind of energy weapons. I'm going to cast wind cushion around us. As you start doing so, you begin to bring up the wind cushion, but then feel something push against it as a figure steps forward from the group that is surrounding you. And a big red light glares from the front of their face. Uh Uh-oh. Did you really think that your petty magics could stop my revenge, Santa? Who are you? I'm going to shoot him with a plasma bolt. If he wants revenge on Santa, he's a threat. (laughs) Such a good clause. (laughs) Okay, I'll let you get one shot in. And while she's doing that, I look at him and I go, who are you? (laughs) A dirty 20 for 30 damage. You can see the beam of plasma that's flying forward into the red field of energy that's being projected that's literally breaking down Santana's magics. It seems to waver for a moment as the plasma bolt goes through, but then it strikes the armored figure directly in the chest and disrupts the red beam momentarily. You can hear them scream, Don't fire yet! So I can use my magic now? (laughs) Are you just planning on going buck wild right here? I just need to know, can I? You can. When you are greeting a friend, you normally do not kidnap them and then have a circle of guns trained on them and then taunt them about how they are petty and anything they do to fight against you will not work. So I'm going to go under the assumption that he's not our friend. Uh, And then say, don't fire yet. Yeah, yet, yet. So I think we should assume he is not our friend and is maybe a little hostile. Go ahead and give me initiative checks here, folks. And you do have the sleigh. You are still technically in it. Yeah. And are we in agreement? Hams? Yeah. <laughs> I already attacked him. So I, mean... I rolled a four. Oh, I got a 15. I got a one. We're levitating. So I think technically you can yank the sleigh away. Where? I don't know. You realize that this place is a dark, perverted version of the Ninja Hawk Air tournament site. And you figure that with the maze-like warrens of different streets and buildings that are leading away from it, it may have some relation to the one that you had been in previously. You notice, by the way, there's only a dim reddish illumination that allows people to see normally here. And yes, for the record, Martina, your darkness abilities are in full effect right now. And you can see 1,500 feet into the darkness in front of you. We could just vanish. Yeah, I can go invisible on my own. So if you want to attack them or fight, my plan is to go invisible and go high. I'm also going to go invisible. I'm going to use my bending light to be invisible. Can I do that and shoot at him again? No, using it to go invisible will cause you to use an action. Okay, I'm going to go invisible and grab Santana's hand and kind of tug upwards so she knows what I'm thinking. Okay, well, as you go invisible, Santana, it's your turn right before you can see a number of these troops ignoring their leader and preparing to open fire on you. 
I'm going to cast Invisibility Superior and have my dogs going up. Okay, since you're casting a spell, I need you to go ahead and give me a piloting check with a minus 20 penalty. Ooh, okay. I got a 78 out of 75. Unfortunately, you are not able to get your dogs moving fast enough when they start opening fire because you are just finishing the last syllables of your incantation. So even as the sled, you and the dogs start disappearing, a couple of laser blasts start flying across the arena towards you. Yeah. Is my wind cushion working at all since his thing isn't working now to stop it? Or is that negated? It's been negated at this point. Okay. I should have waited. I can parry lasers. (laughs) I'm so worried for my dogs. That's a lot of rolling I'm hearing. (laughs) I know, my poor dogs. So two laser blasts impact the invisible sleigh. None of the passengers or the dogs pulling are hit, but it takes 27 points of damage as two hits strike it hard. Okay, I don't know how much my sleigh has total. But it has 800 SDC. Yeah, because it's armored now, too. Correct. Yeah, they have have not removed the armor. They just ended up removing the lube cannon and the sex toy thrower. Yeah, they didn't didn't think they were either really great ideas. (laughs) Well, that's sad. I wish they would have left them on. (laughs) So, unfortunately, your dogs don't know where to go yet. You haven't been able to issue them commands on, like, gee, haw, stuff like that. Okay, but we're now fully invisible. Yeah, you're now fully invisible, correct. Nice. You won't probably be able to see us either. I have uh, invisibility against vision, infrared, ultraviolet, other optics, heat, motion detectors, animal senses of smell. Well, since I had touched your shoulder to say, hey. Yeah, I wouldn't let you go because I know how invisible I go. (laughs) I like still have my hand on your shoulder. Yeah. And if she sits in the sleigh, she gets the same invisibility I have, right? Because it extends to the sleigh and its passengers. Yeah. So you're still holding hands? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you see the red conical beam start flying around again, but it focuses on an area higher than where the sled actually is. Well, I guess, thank goodness I didn't go up. (laughs) You hear, however, that's where they are. And you see a beam of energy bend literally directly around where Martina's located at as it comes from the gun of the big red-nosed being. It doesn't fire anything that's damaging. It just looks like it's like painting her like a laser beam would. He's the big bad. How does he know? The nose knows. When I shot him with my plasma bolt, did it do any good? It hurt him. Yeah, you can see that he's got a big chart mark on the big bulky suit of environmental armor he's wearing. It also stopped him from stopping my magic. Is the thing he hit me with, is it surrounding me? So if I move, it moves with me? No, it's more like a flashlight beam, like a cone coming from him. I'm going to risk flying out of the sled. So he has to concentrate on me and not her and shooting him with a plasma bolt again. Okay, so as you hop out of the sled and start heading towards him, you fling a plasma bolt directly in his direction as he once again become visible. Ooh, 23. He attempts to leap out of the way, but at the same time, once again, the beam slows the plasma bolt a little bit, but does not stop it. Well, max 70 damage. The front panel of his armor just explodes. 
you can see that there's another layer of reinforcement underneath of it, but you've definitely damaged a big chunk right out of the front of his armor. All right. So he's not marking where I am, right? Correct. Yeah. He was trying to mark where she was. Okay. I'm going to just try and move the dogs away from where we were and maybe over the heads of some of the people that were surrounding us initially, just so that, you know, we're not where they expect us to be. Okay. I want to stay close to the action in case I can try and help, but far enough away that I'm not a target right now. Santana, where did you put your staff? Have you been carrying it? Which staff? The one that you had pulled out of the bag that had the bow on it. Yeah, I think it just would be in the sleigh. Okay. Give me a perception check real quick, Santana, while you're doing the driving. I got an 18. You see something wiggling on the staff. Good wiggle or bad? Well, it looks like something's coming off of the staff. And as you're piloting, you hear, Better hurry there, Santa. Looks Looks like like those cleats are narrowing in on our location. Who are you? Two-Face. Are you a friend? Well, Well, I did try to kill you, but I failed, didn't I? I didn't know you tried, but I guess that doesn't make us friends. Well, I did come in through your pipes, if you recall. Oh my gosh, you're the the reshifter? Yes, and I got stiffed on the payment because the job wasn't completed. I told them, you only pay me for the attempt. Not for satisfaction in the end, but no, they didn't listen, and now Two-Face is angry. I can understand, a deal's a deal. Would I be able to offer you payment to be on my side during this fight? Well, this one I'll do it for a freebie. I plan on taking what's left out of this eye anyway. Thank you. And yeah, I'm going to just try and keep us out of sight for now and maybe get closer. Do you need us to be closer? This creature shifts from being this big, heavy staff into what you could only describe as a nightmare monstrosity. It takes up the entire back of the actual sled that it's in. It looks to be at least a couple hundred pounds. It has eyes, warty spots, and different nodules shaped all over it. There are random tufts of different colored hair that appear and then disappear into it. Santana tries to make sure that she doesn't show any reaction to that on her face. She's just like, is that your true form? <laughs> true form. You say that like there's such a thing here. Oh, that's cool. Santana's going to say that too. You're cool. <laughs> Let's go cause them some problems, shall we? Yeah, she's going to start swooping down close to where the red-nosed guy is and the people closest to him. Even as you were diving downwards towards them, You see a large black whip made out of energy start crackling off Two-Faced's limb, one of the many ones that appears and disappears on their frame. It wraps down and yanks one of the power-armored figures right off of their feet and then flings them high up into the air. Since they're on my sleigh and did an aggressive act, does that mean I'm now visible? No, but they are. So they're just flying around now, apparently in midair. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to try and fly in a way that makes it look like it's flying and not being led by a bunch of very vulnerable dogs. And even as the high-tech mercenaries start opening fire on the thing flying up above the the reshaper, most of them missing horrendously because of their surprise. One of them actually shoots the guy that's falling back down before (laughs) he lands. Oh, no. Yeah, there's a really hard thud as they hit the ground. They don't get back up. 
the main bad guy shines his light over towards where Two-Faced is located. So I'm going to roll to see something really quickly. As the light shines on Two-Faced, their body starts becoming racked with random changes even faster than normal. They go, oh, it's so beautiful. They seem to be having what looks like a seizure currently as they're in this cone of light. I guess I'm going to be like, other than running, can I help? A couple of their eyes that are forming and then disappearing on them shift and look over to you a little bit helplessly. It doesn't look like there's a lot they can do at this moment. Okay, I'm going to just try and do evasive maneuvers to get out of the way of the light. Because Red is focusing on this giant monstrosity that just appeared in midair, I'm going to assume that it's at least not a danger to me yet and keep attacking Red. Okay, wow. Going right after this mystery assailant. Like, enemy of my enemy is my friend. (laughs) He was open. 16. Once again, being more concerned with inflicting pain than avoiding it, the figure does not get out of the way. At this point, they don't even try. 53. You core another hole, this time right in the left thigh plate on their armor. And you swear that you can see flesh. You think you may have just broken an environmental seal on the suit? They seem okay with that? They seem mad, but it doesn't appear to be affecting them yet. Okay. And it is you and your passenger's turn. Have we gone back on actions again? Because I think I might be out with the snail spell, the levitation. I'm not counting the one that you cast before we went to initiative as against the total actions. Okay, cool. And levitate, I think, is only one? Correct. It's only one action to cast. A standard action, and so is uh, invisibility, right? Invisibility is two. Superior. Okay, so I have one more action left? Yeah, you would at this point. Okay, evasive maneuvers to get my new maybe friend Two-Face out of the way of the light. As you're trying to maneuver evasively, their bulk lifts suddenly out of the sleigh as they try to jump out of the beam. Do they succeed? They do. They get out of the way of the beam and their form actually shifts in midair. Oh, cool. Yeah, you see their flesh ripple and it takes on like a very stony appearance. They shift their form into a big worked block of stone, like the stuff in the surrounding area, and drop on top of one of the mercenaries. Nice. Okay, so I'm invisible right now. Correct. But Rudolph, he wasn't able to see me. He was able to see her, right? He saw anybody that his light was shining on. Okay. And I need you to give me a Santa Force check, please. 34 out of 80. Even as you're holding the reins on the sleigh, you're jolted for a moment with memories that surge through you through the Santa Force. And they're from your direct predecessor, maybe one of the most corrupt Santas that had ever lived. You have memories of them drawing a blood sample from a reindeer and then drawing a blood sample from themselves and giving them to a shadowy looking figure. Another memory awakens as soon as that one passes, and it's several years later, and the same figure returns with this horrible, pallid, strange, humanoid deer hybrid with a glowing red nose on the front of its awful half-human face. Then another memory hits. This same creature is given over to Biff Jizos, evil multi-billionaire, just as he's beginning to start his fortune with the help of another shadowy figure standing behind him that you cannot see at the moment. 
Then this figure, all grown up in power armor, is slaughtering aliens on some outbound planet somewhere off in deep galaxy. And all the while, you can see off almost to the side of the vision, this same figure looking on at them from the shadows. Then you see this figure, this horned, red-nosed figure, watching a report of the death of Biff Jizos, as well as reading something about the death of their other parent, the Santa, and they howl in rage. You know what this is, because this is something that your former incarnation created. This is Rodolphe, the red-nosed reindeer. So I think Santana's going to feel really torn at this point. Rudolphe has been targeting them and trying to kill them. But from what she saw to him, his parents were murdered and that person went free. So that's an injustice. And his whole life was an injustice. So I think she's really torn between self-preservation and her heart going out to this poor person who's had nothing but like heartache and violence and rejection. I think staying in movement and staying invisible Because her invisibility only drops if she tries to attack somebody, right? Correct. Yeah, or engages in combats or attacks. So without engaging in combat, she's going to keep trying to maneuver. And I think she's going to be like, Rudolphe, I'm so sorry for the loss of your fathers. I can experience through the Santa Force who your dad was. And I never intended, well, I didn't kill him. He died in a hooker house with cocaine. I don't say that part. I'm like, I'm sorry for the loss. Your father, Santa, was a very complicated man, and I'm sorry that he lost his life the way he did, and I am very sorry that the fight culminated in a violent ending. Yeah, I think she's going to be apologizing, because she does feel bad. I mean, she didn't kill Santa. She didn't even kill Biff. That was Railgun. But he did it for her, which counts. Give me a public speaking check. Oh, Santa. (laughs) My Santa. Yeah, hopefully she's better at it than what I just said. Nope, 75 out of 67. He snarls as you're saying this, even as you're speeding past and go, You lied! All more lies from the usurper! I'm going to kill you and eat your skull! And he starts turning towards where you're at, and you see his nose just glow brighter than you've ever seen it. It's almost blinding, as it discharges a massive wave of energy towards where the sleigh is at. And I... No, I can't. I'm out of action, so I can't even do anything. Holy cow. He's so enraged that as it bursts out of him before he can even target correctly, it rips across the ground and leaves just a huge furrow wherever it hits before flying up in the air. But it cuts just past the rear of the sleigh as you move past once more. He seems outraged at this point. And then you hear, sorry, it took so long. I had to deal with a little bit of Plonkrith security. You see up in the middle of the sky of this dark and horrible place is Janice Hotchkiss, clad in dull black armor that seems form-fitting and razor-sharp spine as she's descending towards the fray. She on our side? No. She's the one who pulled us here. (laughs) And Martina, you can see her hold her hands out towards where you're at. And there's a ripple in the air as she just spreads her hands apart and you feel a sudden rack travel throughout your entire body as your plasma abilities suddenly short out. So am I now falling from the sky? Correct. Oh, this is fun. Can I catch her? Can I retransform? <laughs> you can't. 
at least not for this moment. You are just currently falling down towards the ground. But we're going back to the top of the initiative order at this point. Yay. Okay, I try to retransform. I need you to make me a save versus spell. Four total. No, five total with bonus. Do you want to try and roll with the fall on this one? Because this is the round where you're going to be hitting the ground. Can I catch her, though? I go right after her. I will let you make a piloting check with a negative 15% on it to try and get underneath of her in time. Okay, yeah, I'll try. 53 out of 60. At the very last moment, you're about 20 feet away from the ground when this sled just comes right underneath of you and you land in the soft, cushiony area right in the back behind her. Oh, thanks, Santa. (laughs) Like, the shapeshifter's on our side now, maybe. The giant monster thing? You can see currently, even as the troopers that are now scattering around where Rodolfe is at, The big block of stone that had landed and crushed one of them to death has tentacles coming out of it and just whipping around. I'm going to be trying to steer the dogs lower since if we get knocked out of the air, I don't want all of us falling from a long distance, but I'm still trying to maintain my invisibility. I mean, you're already skimming across the ground at this point. I mean, that's where you caught her was 20 feet high. So yeah, if I can, I want to kind of try and circle like around the action, but skimming the ground, like on the perimeter of it. As you start doing that, you can see several of the troopers shooting at this shape-shifting monstrosity known as Two-Face, as well as Rodolfe aiming his beam at it once again and causing it to revert to a more gelatinous mass of tissue and eyes and other weird stuff. You notice, though, that Janice Hotchkiss seems to see exactly where you're located at. She does magic. She does. Okay. Yeah, she can actually, funny story, true story, can control matter and energy. Good for her. (laughs) And she hurls a massive bolt of what appears to be solid crystal directly towards your sleigh. Yeah. Now, you can try and give me a successful pilot check at 20% to try and dodge it. Okay. 13 Wow. This massive chunk launches through the air at you just in a direct line. And at the last moment, you bank and turn into a spiral corkscrew that takes you down even closer to the ground. Your dogs stop with their little toesies just inches away from the rock on the ground as you twist the sleigh out of the way and get underneath this huge attack. Yeah, that will take an action from your total, but. Yeah, I'm down two actions now. I'm one round into actions and I'm down to. You know what? Worth it. You can see, by the way, one of the tentacles coming off of the big reshaper has speared another one of the grunts that are currently fighting against it. It's just lifted them up into the air about 15 feet. Uh Uh-oh, that's a thinky face there. Okay, are you still invisible? You and your sleigh? Yeah, except to the one lady. Am I invisible now that I'm in the sleigh? Correct. If I attack Janice, will your invisibility stop? You would be visible sitting in my sleigh, but my sleigh, myself, and my dogs would not be visible. But it'd be like, could you see a chair if the chair was invisible? Yeah. Janice, by the way, seems to know again where you folks are at exactly. I just don't exactly want to draw the trooper fire back to us. Yeah, but she seems like the more dangerous person at the moment. because Rudolph has a tool to see where we are, but can't outright see us without it. I mean, I have see-through invisibility, too, so I'm guessing that's what she's got. Yeah. 
can I transform and shoot a plasma bolt or just one of those? Just one of those, because it takes you an action to transform. If you want to transform, I'll take off and try and be a moving target again. Yeah, I'm going to transform again. Okay, go ahead and give me another save versus spell on that one. I'll let you make it a, a plus four because she's a little occupied dealing with other things at the moment. Okay. Six. <laughs> as much as you're trying to summon it, the plasma just doesn't come. I'm going to grab my pistol. Yeah. Maybe she's weak to concussive shots to the head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get us moving again. Yeah, I'm just going to be concentrating on keeping us moving and keeping my dogs and the sleigh from getting shot by anything until I can think of something better. I can't do anything combat, so I'm going to just keep flying around. I thought about going tiny to make myself even a harder target to hit, but I think I also would be more susceptible to damage. My dogs might be a little weaker at that size. And also, I won't be able to catch you if you fall again. But tiny's pretty cheap. If I go tiny in my sleigh, would that make her tiny too until she goes out of the sleigh? Correct. Yeah, everything would be scaled down to six inches as far as size-wise. Oh, then I'm going to go down to six inches and start weaving between people. So she has to shoot her own people to get to us. Interesting choice. And I'm going to try and start heading back over towards Rudolfo and hope for the best. You are all compressed down to the scale of where you would be six inches. Janice Hotchkiss starts looking around once you seemingly vanish from her eyeline for a moment. Oh, Lord. Okay, naturally. And she loses track of where you're at as she starts frantically scanning the battlefield. And at this point, she hurls a beam of black energy directly towards the area where Two-Faced is at. But even as Two-Faced is coming under more of an onslaught from the remaining grunts and this beam, they throw up the same field of dark energy they had used against you previously. And it just takes a pounding from all the damage hammering on it, but holds. So yeah, I'm bringing us through the people around towards Rudolfe. Yeah, then Rudolfe focuses his beam on that field and collapses it again. So at six inches in height, we go back up to Martina. Are we pretty close to Rudolfe now? You're still moving at your same relative speed. It doesn't change your magical flight speed. So yeah, you can zoom right past him. You would be like bird-sized at that point. Yeah, if you jump out, I think you'll get big again. Hey, are we going to have tiny voices? If you're speaking while you're on the sleigh, you're going to have tiny voices. Yeah, then Santana absolutely says, if you jump out, you'll get big again. Okay, so we're near Rodolfe, but we're not near Janice anymore. Yeah, she's lost sight of you and has been flying around trying to locate where you're at. You're about, at this point, a dozen feet away from Rodolfe, and he still doesn't seem to notice you. He's too busy focusing his power on Two-Faced. I can bring us towards her next round, or if you want to hold till I get a chance to maneuver over there. Who do you want me to shoot? Who do you want to shoot? You're the claws. You get to pick your target. (laughs) I'm going to use my pistol and shoot Rudolfe. 13. Your bullet just barely penetrates the armor. It hits (laughs) right near the spot where you had fired in the first place and damaged the chest paneling. And you realize now what the tips were on those bullets that you had been given previously by Santa all that time ago that flashes in your mind from the box. Mistletoe. I just shot him with liquid mistletoe. And he starts shrieking as steam starts coming off of him. He starts fleeing from the combat that's taking place. Follow him. Follow him or go after her next. 
he's going to recover and come back after us. Yeah, but he... Oh, I'm going to explain to her. He was made by the previous Santa and Bizos. They, like, created him, and then all he saw was that the Santa had died and that Bizos had been killed by the Santa. He thinks I killed his dads. Well, he's wrong. Yeah, but I don't think they ever treated him good. Okay, your call. Yeah, I guess I'm going to swing us by her, because she's all bad news. Janice Hotchkiss. So I'm going to try and weave us through between people. So specifically, Martina's hidden and try and get us close enough that on her next shot, she can shoot Hotchkiss. And if Hotchkiss runs, I'm going to try and go after her or see where she goes. Well, even as you can see, the massive red flare from his nose ripping open a portal as he flees from the situation and Rodolfe starts disappearing, there's a thunderous noise far above the rest of you. And you see a gigantic hole, like a black hole, suddenly forming directly atop of this area in this dusty, ruined arena in this dark dimension. Oh, I bet the corporation's not happy. Well, you see, at first, three figures drop from the sky. An old crone, a very handsome and foppish-looking man, and a now 50-foot-tall mass of tentacles with a burning eye. And then the rest of them come. Almost 75% of the field of competitors from the Dehinja Haker tournament come pouring out of the portal. And behind them, dozens upon dozens of baby Jesuses from all different realities. (laughs) You also have, of course, the Doc and Abominable Corny as they come heading down on vehicles. And they all look super pissed. Yeah, we have friends. (laughs) And immediately, most of the combatants on the ground on Rodolfe's side throw their weapons down. (laughs) What about Hotchkiss? She looks terrified for a moment, then defiant. And you see her trying to transform the floor into a mirrored-like substance. And then a glyph explodes around her. Mystical energy is wrapping around her form and binding her tightly. And it was just a single word that created it. One of the more profound things that you've ever seen in your life as a Santa. And that's saying something as far as how long that's been collectively. If it seems like we're out of combat, I'm going to land a sleigh and bring us back to full size and visibility and wave at the group that's coming. (laughs) Like, (laughs) we're over here. Yeah. Hi, guys. Thanks for coming. The few remaining stragglers that didn't decide to lay down their weapons immediately are pacified within a matter of seconds by all of your friends that come down. I think she would have said, Reshaper, you should probably hide. I don't know if they'll think you're a good person. You look around and don't see them anywhere at all. Then instead, Santana goes, thank you, Two-Faced, in case they can hear her. You hear from the interior of your bag. Don't worry about it, lovey. I was quick and quiet like I wanted to be. Incredibly quick and quiet. (laughs) I think she's going to say, if you want to stick around in the bag, maybe we can see about getting you added on retainer. Well, Well, it's it's not not like they'll they'll find me in here anyway. Yeah, she would much rather have Two-Faced on her side on retainer to not kill her, like they get a monthly payment for is not killing Santa, than have Two-Faced coming after them again. Two-Faced got in her bag. That shouldn't be. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, so Santana's not going to say a word about Two-Faced other than saying that a shapeshifter showed up and fought for them and then left. So yeah, she's just going to wait. The area that you're in shimmers for a moment 
and then is replaced by the regular Dinja Hakair tournament. The stadium is in an absolute uproar. You can see that Kill Cruz 20XX is still sitting there on their circle. They look kind of bored. El Scorcho has his helmet off, smoking a cigarette on the roof of the car. And Bonnie's just, like, out sunbathing currently. I'm going to ask, like, did you guys see all that? They give you shrugs. Apparently it was not televised, as you find out when the judges and everyone else comes back through, except for Janice Hotchkiss. Okay. And at this point, Lord Plonkrith has resumed his normal 20 foot or so height as the judges head back to their dais, far at the very top of the tournament, and intones, Due to the circumstances and the assumed victory of Team Christmas, the tournament has been concluded. Your winners this year, Team Christmas. And the crowd goes berserk. There's all kinds of stuff. Everything, of course, that isn't ticker tape or anything nice gets caught by the force fields. But a lot of stuff gets thrown in total. Only some of it incinerated. I think Santa's going to grab Martina's hand and do like the victory up in the air thing. Hug Cormie and the doc and thank them for coming to rescue them from Rudolphe. Corny and the doc are both panting. They were wailing on one of the people that had tried to waylay you before they got pulled back. So both of them have a little blood on them. And Doc's like, yeah, no no worries. We were real mad. We didn't know what happened to you. Aw, yeah, I guess you're a fighter after all. (laughs) I still don't know what happened to us. We'll have to talk about it later. I have questions. (laughs) It was Rudolphe. Rodolfe was not recovered from the scene. Yeah, did Doc and Cormy react to that? Doc does. Corny doesn't seem to know anything about him. He says, I'll talk to you about it later, okay? She nods. One of my prouder moments. She gives him a little bit of a look, like a mom. Oh, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I just I just okay. helped get the blood sample. Okay. Well, it's not like the previous Santa gave you a lot of choices. Yeah, and anything. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I guess she's going to wait and see what happens and when they get offered the spoon thing. You are teleported to a golden floating circle directly in front of the three judges as Plonkrit's lidless, unblinking eye regards the two of you, as well as Babiaga's slightly amused stare and Thraxus's obviously horny gaze. Oh, don't like that one. I think I'm going to just look at Baba Yaga. Yeah, Baba Yaga nods and rolls her eyes a little bit and then gestures over towards him very, very briefly with her head. (laughs) I like her. She should come over for tea. Lord Plonkrith intones, What is it that your hearts desire? How do we want to say it? Right? May we consult with Harplon to discuss how the boon works, please, before we state what we wish for our boon? The judges look at one another for a moment, and then Parplon immediately appears on the dais next to the two of you, looking a little shocked. Parplon, we won! They're practically shaking, and they go, I know, I know, I've been watching the whole thing. It was very exciting. Parplon, I'm going to look at the judges and know that they can probably hear her, but still speak quietly under, like, the presumed privacy, and be like, Parplon, we want our boon to be... They can communicate telepathically with you. Yeah, is that going to be private? Yeah. Okay, they're going to be like, Parplon, can we speak privately with you a moment? You immediately hear their voice in your head and they say, whatever you say to me in your mind, I will be able to hear. 
we wanted this boon so we could free your people. How do we do that in the way that's best for you and your people? They look shocked. They look like they're about ready to start doing whatever their species equivalent of crying is. Yeah, is this like a genie situation? Like, do we have to be really careful with wording or is it like intent based? It is more your intent. They are powerful, magical and psionic creatures. They can probably tell what you mean from what you say. Okay. I don't know if we can do that and have the consent stuff for the tournament. I don't know how we would word it for all of it. Then you should do whatever is most appropriate. Parplant, are all of your people involved with the games and this entertainment company? No, many of my people are slaves elsewhere as well. Virtually my whole species. Is freedom for the universe too (laughs) big of a boon? It seems very big. I want to do like Wanda, no more slaves. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's the attitude we like hearing right there. No racing, only freedom. I want to help Harplon and his people, but I don't want it to be like, oh, sure, we'll free all of them. And now we're going to go enslave someone else. Yeah. I mean, we could always ask. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll ask. Okay. Ask for universal freedom and then come down if we have to. Yeah. Okay. Let's swing for the fences, right? Yeah. Here goes nothing. Santana's going to be like, we wish for our boon for there no longer to be slavery or enforced servitude or forced servitude wherever you have power over. No coercion. You're saying that to Cloncris specifically? To all three of them. To the judges. At that point, the Baba Yaga chimes in, even as Plonkrith, you can hear in your minds and in the surrounding area. She goes, who specifically are you referring to when you say that, dearies? I'm going to silently ask Parplon which one of the three has more universal power. Do we need to ask it specifically from one judge or are you asking which of those things we wish? Well, having all three of the beings that you are addressing give up any sort of ties that they have to beings in their employ is a great ask, possibly beyond the scope of the boon, but she starts saying something and is cut off. You cannot hear her speaking, and she looks incredibly frustrated. And Lord Plonkrith says, Ask another boon. I want to ask Parplon. Is it that they can't do it, or is it normally only one who gets to do it? Parplon looks very nervous, but they say it anyway. The boon is usually created between the three of them, but Lord Plonkrith typically contributes the most. I feel like taking a risk, and I'm so scared to take it. I believe in you. Do it. I think Santana is going to say, it is a great disappointment to know that historically, all three of the judges contribute to the boon. But much like we were handicapped through most of the competition, we once more will be denied full access to what we have been promised and And earned. (laughs) And let that kind of sit a moment and see if that stirs anything. We have been wronged by all three judges by not being allowed to have our circles. And now we will continue to be wronged by the judges by not being allowed our boom. Thraxus, for his part, just holds his hands up and goes, whoa, whoa, wait. I didn't know anything about any kind of circle or anything like that till today. Parplon, how many times did we petition the corporation to have access to our circles? That would be seven times, madam. Thank you. I am very concerned about a corporation that lacks communication of serious matters to those who are able to make the changes. 
I now question whether or not the boon is able to be granted. You feel a visible thrum of energy in the air as the pupil on Lord Plonkrith's <laughs> eye focuses down so small that it almost disappears and is looking at you. And you hear, impertinent mortal. Just because you have a speck of magical power does not mean that you can hope to reach a fraction of my power. Do not dare to presume with me. I am capable of freeing those that I rule over, whether it's a speck of magic or just my mere humanity that allows it. But I would not presume to be more powerful than those in front of me. All of a sudden, the two of you hear another voice in your head. Like, shut up, Santana. Shut the fuck up. No. Deity, deity. Somebody's got to teach you how to word magical questions better. All of the translators you're wishing to free belong to a single entity, at least the ones here. We don't just want to free the translators. We don't want their freedom to result in someone else's servitude. So ask for all of us, people. We did. We asked all three to grant that. I'm not giving you my chicken house. You're crazy bitches. Your chicken house loves you, Baba Yaga. It would. I know, like- but it would break our bond. We're asking you not to enslave or to force things to be following you. We said slavery, enforced servitude, forced servitude, and indentured servitude. Oh, but I have so many different entities that are bound to me, girls. You're being unrealistic. A deal's a deal, but... A child should not be punished for what their parents have promised. Look, I'm just going to tell you this right now. I'm going to vote yes. I'm going to be a little upset. You've personally upset Baba, and I want you to dwell upon that. Baba, I apologize for upsetting you, and I would love to have tea with you to discuss how we can give you reparations for what we have taken. Oh, well, see, that makes all the difference, theory. Fine. I know I've already spoken with Thraxus about some things He always pays his employees, so he's going to be pretty good. I mean, wage slavery isn't the same thing as actual slavery after all, right? It's not in how we worded it, so he would be free. Okay, well. That's another person's problem to solve, not ours. (laughs) Baba, if we push for a vote right now and you and Thraxus say yes, does Lord Fancy Pants have to say yes? Oh, well, it doesn't matter what he says if it's two on one, dearie. Okay. Thank you. All right. So it sounds like she thinks we should take it to a vote. Oh, well, we'll be talking about those reparations sooner than you think. I know you're going to have a busy couple of months ahead of you girls. We do. If you would be willing to meet after the new year, we would be happy to deal with you. Oh, it won't be that long. I'll be seeing you before then. I have certain tasks to attend to as well, you know. If I may respectfully request it not be in the month of December. Oh, bad month for us all, dearie. Don't worry about that one. Thank you very much. Bye bye. I imagine we're just sitting there, like, totally having expressions on our faces. People are just waiting, dying to hear what it is you have to say. I like to think she's trying to keep, like, a pensive expression, just like, hmm. Yeah. She seems (laughs) to find her voice again after sketching a couple of sigils in the air and breaking whatever effect was keeping her from speaking. And she said, well, I believe we should call this matter to a vote of the tournament committee. We defer to the wisdom of Baba Yaga. Throwing up a hand, she says, I agree. And even as Plonkris starts turning towards Thraxis with the same kind of look, he says, hmm, well, you're going to have to pay a visit to one of my homes one time for a swinging little party, but sure, what the hell? And slams his hand down. 
gifting myself a chastity belt before that party. (laughs) (laughs) Chastity belt and my own drinks. (laughs) It's hard to describe what an angry Splugorth looks like, but you're pretty sure you know. And it's going to have nightmares. (laughs) There's a massive ripple, and the two of you are back at Starbucks. Not your normal Starbucks. The original one you started at. Not sponsored. Unionize. Wait, we we don't know what happened to Parplon. (laughs) You're in the back interview room. Did he come with us? Is Parplon with us? You don't see him in the interview room. It's just you, Rosie, and Santana. Does she still have the claws? That still happened, right? Well, really, you feel like your hearing's better than ever. Can you smell this? I hold out my coffee. (laughs) Oh, it's cold. But just smell it. You don't have to taste it. (laughs) Yes, yes, I can smell it. I mean, it's Starbucks coffee, so it's not going to smell great. (laughs) It smelled, though. Okay, so that... All smells are good smells when you haven't been able to smell for 10 years or almost. (laughs) That really happened then. Let's go get a hold of Hermie or something and see. Yeah, she's going to call the doc. I'm going to open the door. Yeah, we'll start heading out. I'm like, let's get to the sleigh. As you all open the door and head out, you see Parplon sitting at one of the tables. Everybody else in this Starbucks is currently staring at Parplon as they're sipping from a latte. Well, they're going to be staring at Santana because she gives a little squeal of happiness and does that like dance that women do where they like stomp in place and then (laughs) runs over and gives him a hug. Parplot looks a little surprised when you pop out, but still seems very enthused. And they motion towards the television where you had previously been watching the Ninja Hawk Hair Tournament on. There's a big bulletin talking about how aliens have arrived. You see various species like the ones that you had seen at the Ninja Hawk Hair wandering around. There's like cell phone video of them being confused. Some of them are getting into fights. Wait, did they all come here? Every single one of them, ma'am. Oh, Parplon, I have to sell this baseball card. We need to get like an establishment going. We need to find a way to get some of you to the North Pole if it's dangerous. Martina, we have a lot of work to do even before we start planning Christmas. What did we just do? Holiday Havoc, Here Comes Santa's Claus is a Real Play Games podcast production. Megaverse and Rifts are copyright and registered trademarks owned by Palladium Books. Rulix, Heroes Unlimited, Nightlands, Nightlords, Pajluznik, Rulian Translator, Splugorth, and Val Tagor are trademarks of Palladium Books Incorporated and Kevin Symbaida, used with permission. If you want to know more about the Heroes Unlimited 2nd Edition role-playing game or Palladium's host of other amazing role-playing games, you can find them all at www.palladiumbooks.com or wherever fine RPG products are sold. Our theme music is Silent Night, Unholy Night by the talented Alexander Nakarada and used under extended license, which includes sync licensing. If you want to find more of Alexander's tunes, head to www.serpentsoundstudios.com. If you'd like to get in contact with the pod, you can reach us at RealPlayPod on Twitter or email us at RealPlayGamesPodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can find our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash RealPlayGamesPod and get early access to new episodes as well as an expanding amount of exclusive content. Thanks for listening and happy holidays from all of us here at the podcast.
October 25th, 2021. Evening. The North Pole. Santa's house. The Claus's kitchen. Santana's at the doorway to the kitchen with it open. And she's leaning out and she's like, no, it's a lovely costume. That's not the problem. It's just you want to bring that out in six days because that's Halloween. But I'll give you some candy right now anyway, because you're just so adorable. And she's going to hand out some candy and shut the door. Thank you, Santa. Thank you. Thank you, Santa. They're still a little confused about how Halloween works. Maybe we need to get flyers. Giant calendar? That's it marked? I don't know. Maybe it's just going to be a week-long thing up here. And they're in the Claus's kitchen, which I imagine being the stereotypical Santa's kitchen look. Very cozy. And- oh, yeah. It looks like it was ripped right out of a Hallmark, also not sponsor movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I think she's going to go get her cup of cocoa and, yeah, lean against the counter and be like, it was a very cute costume, though. I don't know how they look so much like a sheep. <laughs> Do the elves have their own little bits of magic? I mean, they have to with the way they reproduce. The egg sacs cannot be non-magical, right? I would assume. And considering the tie to the creating toys and all that stuff that Doc has to take care of, I I would be shocked if magic was not in some way part of who they are. Yeah, maybe it's like a Faye thing. Yeah. Are Faye real? The Baba Yaga's real, but... I think we can kind of assume most everything at this point. I mean, goodness sake, there's Orktober. <laughs> Yeah, you can see, by the way, a bunch of different seasonal cards from some of the people that you attended the Dinjaha Care tournament with. You've been receiving numerous pots of honey from the Under Queen. Aww. And it is by and far the best that you've ever had. The elves go crazy every time they have a little taste of it. They're bouncing off the walls for hours. Are we able to send things back to the Under Queen? You manage to get them back there eventually. You're If there's one thing you know how to do, Santa, it's how to get things places. Nice. I think what I would be doing is maybe sending some of the cool earth seeds and samples of flowers to see if she likes any of the stuff that we have. So, you know, because it flavors the honey. You've also received a picture of Jivan Kolodznek, who has dried on his new eyes. Ooh. Yeah, they are red with green Christmas trees in where the pupils and the sclera would be. And in his letter, he tells you that he's thinking about starting the celebration of Christmas during his people's winter holidays. That is so cool. Yeah, we're giving gifts to all of them. I'm very excited for that. You you Uh, also get a short video of the folks from Kill Cruise 20XX running over the president of their country. And El Scorcho assumes the president. He actually makes it a co-presidency with his now wife, Bonnie. That's awesome. We send them a congratulations slash happy wedding slash <laughs> Viva la revolution <laughs> <laughs> gift. And yeah, keep them in mind, I guess. We'll be on the lookout if we get a baby announcement. I don't know what you give them for a baby. Maybe an exploding Tonka trunk. <laughs> 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 But yeah, I think the gift I would have sent them would have been like a replica of their car. That's adorable. I do dolls. So, yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Memory Eve, you occasionally get correspondence from them that's from other places. Ironically, one of them is regarding the death of media mogul Janice Hotchkiss in a hotel explosion that also killed a number of the models working for her talent agency. Hmm. I like to imagine the way we correspond with DJ Cooper is by like having something and then giving it to my dark side so she can lose it somewhere. Because (laughs) if I'm good at keeping track of things, she's not. And once it's lost, it'll get to him. 
Yeah, that's mainly how you get stuff over there to them because of how their stuff works. That's lovely. <laughs> yeah. You also receive a picture of the partnership ceremony of OICU812 and the postal station in Bromley, Kent. They moved fast, but they decided to tie the knot. Oh, how wonderful for them. We'll definitely have sent them a wedding present as well. Santa loves to give gifts. So if they give her any excuse to send them a present, she's gonna. (laughs) And as the two of you are sitting and jawing, you can see one of the rollers that you have for making cookies inside of here, Martina, reaches a little tendril out and steals one of the nearby cookies and then stuffs it into itself. You know, you could just grab one of those anytime. You don't have to try to sneak it. It's It's more more fun to do it this way, lovey. Say the lips from the outside that protrude from the roller now. Santana's just going to go try the chocolate chip. The macadamia nuts are really good with it. It manifests a wooden tongue that slurps it up and says, You know I'm being paid not to kill you, right? Absolutely. If only cookies were part of that payment, right? (laughs) Santana's still just relieved it's on her side. So, (laughs) ish. (laughs) And Santana, your phone starts ringing. Oh, okay. I'm going to answer it. Hey, Santana, uh, look, uh, yeah, it's Eddie. Uh, we got to talk real quick. What's up, Eddie? Uh, Is everything uh, okay with uh, Parplon? Oh, Parplon's working great. Yeah, we managed to get him working at the UN. He's doing great on translation. They actually fired five of the people that were doing the jobs that he took over. Ooh, okay, we might need to work in some sort of plan for people who are getting jobs displaced by aliens. Well, they got moved to diplomatic attache work because some countries don't want to work with aliens. Surprise, surprise, right? Okay, as long as we're not losing jobs for people. No, no, don't worry about that. We're not going to end up with that kind of a situation. But uh, anyway, I may be talking a little fast right now because I've just rendered my boss unconscious and I think I'm going to need an extraction from you folks. Oh. Uh, Martina, can we go pick up Eddie? I think he's ready to come work for us full time. Sure. Where are we going? Oh, I'm still at the prison. I'm putting my suit on right now. And you hear a zippering noise in the background. He's like, I had this all worked out, but I thought I was going to have a little bit more time. But yeah, this place is insane. And the last mission that this team went on, I'm going to have to tell you about it when we meet up. Is that woman going to be a problem? She's motioning to the dock to get the dogs ready. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Doc immediately goes and starts sledding up. Nice. Yeah, you can hear both Doc and Abominable Corny in the background yelling and the jangling of different harness leashes and things like that. All right, we're getting the dogs harnessed up now. Can you hold out till we get there, Eddie? Like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do my best. I'm going to try and be outside of the prison by the time you get here. So uh, just try and make it a little quick, okay? Wait, did he tell us if that lady was going to be there, the big red X? Oh, I mean, she's in the prison, but I don't think she's going to find me. I'm going to go radio silence right now, just in case, though. All right, stay safe. We'll be on our way, Eddie. And with that, she's going to hang up and go and grab her jacket and be like, you ready to break into a maximum security prison to break out a prisoner? Sure. Why not? We'll consider this a test run, right? (laughs) (laughs) 